The Better Business Analysis Institute presents the Better Business Analysis podcast with Kingsman Walsh. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Today, I have a very special guest, and that guest is Ashwin Shikar, also known as Ash to his friends. Ash loves his craft beer, and he's a great BA. Ash also has an amazing backstory. He was originally born in India. He completed his studies there and actually has a Bachelor of Communication and Media Studies from Chennai University. He then traveled to Dubai, where he worked in uh, media and advertising and other related industries, before making a determination that he wanted to be a business analyst. He looked around the world and he applied for the Bachelor of Professional Business Analysis at Victoria University here in New Zealand. He was accepted, he completed his degree, and later he finished his Master's in Business Analysis. Ash currently works for Surety Consulting as a Business Analyst Consultant, and his latest gig or his project that he's on at the moment is where he is required to be both a business analyst and a data analyst. So we're going to get into that today, and it's lovely to have you here, Ash. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Ben. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, feels good. So, Ash, yeah. you've got an interesting career, obviously, uh, born in India, and you've you've made your way to New Zealand. Maybe you could tell us a bit about your background. Yeah, sure. Uh, where do I start? I mean, I think... I've been uh, in quite a few, quite a few industries, as you mentioned. It took me some time before I got to where I am and what I'm doing right now. Uh, I started off, as you mentioned, uh, doing a bachelor's in visual communication. So that's more of into the. Uh, it was yeah, it was it was an interesting degree as such. It touched on the surface of a lot of. Uh, lot of uh, topics uh, more around media itself but the things which really appealed to me from that was uh, graphic designing and uh, content writing that's where uh, i quickly found out where my passion lies mm -hmm. and also that is where i found that i was pretty keen on the aspect of paying attention to detail as well not only from a design perspective but also from a content perspective as well so uh finished up the degree, I moved to Dubai, got my first role as uh advertisement controller uh for a publication <laughs> called Gulf News. And I spent about five years in that uh uh in that company. It was more around uh building ads, uh proofreading ads, making sure that they are compliant with different industry standards and uh, government standards. But for some reason, all my peers and all my managers saw that uh, spark in me in terms of client relationships and client engagement. So that's where I thought, okay, it's probably a good turn to move to a role which was more customer facing. So that's when I got into uh, client servicing as a role. And I had I had a really good opportunity to work for a company called Imar. Uh, they, they're the property uh, constructors. Uh, so they uh, essentially own the Dubai Mall 
and the okay. Burj Khalifa. Yeah. So I was basically working as a client uh, servicing executive uh, for some time uh, for a particular uh, uh, entertainment attraction of theirs. It was uh, a company called Kidzania, where they kind of, it was a role-playing uh, activity which we provided for kids, where they kind of learn what it is to uh, go out into the real world and we tried to mimic kind of uh, activities that they would really need to do in the future and instill those values in them as well giving them uh, knowledge about what it does what does it mean to have a kind of a, a career or a job or a skill set and the importance of education as well and how you can actually achieve those things so from client servicing i moved into the sponsorship space wherein I was uh, in charge of bringing in clients who could provide that facility to the kids. So that was an in interesting space as well. And combining that experience with uh, publication uh, experience, uh, I kind of moved into an account management role where I started uh, looking at selling ads for a magazine that was yes. print and digital. So it kind of gave me a good understanding in terms of how to manage people, uh, a lot of things. A lot of things uh, did you, came out did you th from that. Yeah, so you were kind of on this journey, if you like, working out exactly. what, you, what you wanted to achieve, which is very, very common for a lot of BAs. They don't, a lot of them don't necessarily start in the business analysis space. Um, even myself, who may have had a bit more of a structured career from working out IT uh you know I went and did sound engineering or you know I traveled the world um okay so you're finding yourself in Dubai you've done quite a lot of quite a lot of yeah. stuff I did a lot point. of stuff and then what, I thought okay yes go ahead it yeah, was yeah. time and then I decided yes it's time to actually take a completely change I wanted to move uh uh places as well and it so happened that Wellington in New Zealand uh, came up as an option and that's when I heard about uh, a, a career in business analysis as an opportunity and that kind of was a perfect fit for me because it it encapsulated all the skill sets that I had learned or where I had experience in and that's when I decided to move uh, to New Zealand. A friend of mine, his wife had completed the course from uh, Victoria University uh, uh, sometime before and she recommended the place and I moved here completed the masters and the rest was history I would guess but New Zealand has been really kind to me uh, a lot of opportunities it was hard it was uh, difficult finding your uh, feet within the industry because uh, master a masters does give you that foot in the door but it is a bit difficult it definitely yeah, is so, difficult to get into it. So yeah, let me let me uh, let me ask you that question. So you you've got yourself to New Zealand. You've had you've had a lot of experience actually, quite a, in a corporate environment, quite you know high level roles if you like, or at least middle management roles. Quite a lot of exposure, so confidence when dealing with clients. And uh, there were a lot of people who uh, who aren't who weren't born in New Zealand or even one of you know I guess more of the Western countries if you like who will, will will listen to this podcast and have interest about how you firstly were able to even get 
into New Zealand or, or Australia, not that we're special, but that there is, you know, a visa process there. So I think a lot of people will be encouraged to hear what they've heard. Um, and I guess your, your, your story wasn't just, you know, work in a contact centre, you know, staying there, you went to Dubai, you've done a few things, which would have helped. So tell me, I guess I've got two questions there. One is, why do you think that you were easily accepted into New Zealand in the first place? And then secondly, with the master's program, um, how did you get into that? And then we'll talk about how that might have helped you next. Uh, to address the first question, it wasn't an easy journey getting to New Zealand, to be honest. Uh, I had to do a lot of research as well. It was trying to gauge which is the best location uh, first yeah. to move to because I wanted to uh, move to a place wherein I could call it my home in the future. That was a long-term goal for me. And not only that, the only institute where I would say that specializes in business analysis was only offered through Victoria University. So that became an easy choice for me in terms yeah. of narrowing down the country and the region that I wanted to stay in. Uh, and considering the experience that I had, which came from a design background and from a communication background and client ma management as well, that helped it uh, helped me really easily transition into the role of a business analysis, a business analyst, I would say. So that yeah. was that was uh, the main driver and what uh, facilitated me as well. So just to Where clarify, I, you came yeah. in on a student visa. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. So yeah. I came in on a, a student visa, which offered me also a three-year work visa mm -hmm. post completion. So that was one of the perks of also choosing New Zealand as a country because any other part of the world, like Australia or Canada, they don't have that three-year facility for a work visa. Good. And, yeah. and also, when I mention in terms of uh, specialization in business an analysis, I don't think that any any other university provides that. It is, it's probably a supplementary course or a, kind of a major as part of an information technology degree or something like that. So completely that agree. Was one of so, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, uh, um, obviously, I went to university a long time before you. I'm a little bit older than you, Ash, but uh, just slightly. Uh, but um, when I went to Waikato, you know, which is known as a computer science hub in New Zealand and internationally, uh, very much focused more on the programming side, there was not a specialization in terms of business analysis at all. Yep. And in some ways, the management school had more of a focus on business you know, analyzing business, if you like. So that was interesting. So yeah, there's, um, so I think we've ascertained one, you got through, you chose New Zealand for the right reasons. You've also got your work, you've now got your into your place in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, the University of uh, Wellington, in fact. And then you've also got the idea that you know that when you finish a degree, you've got three years of work, which was what, was one of the attracting factor, which is great because then you could prove yourself right, and then and then you know that you can apply for a permanent resident residency after that, which would have been attractive. And you've now, yeah, you've actually found that there's not many, even in the world, there's not many places where you can specialize in business. Absolutely, analysis. yeah. Mm. So that's quite surprising, right? And that's quite amazing for our, for me, 
in our field that that doesn't exist. Okay, cool. So you've you land, you're going straight into your master's degree. And did you were you originally a bachelor's moving to masters, or did you sign up for the master's program straight away? No, I finished my bachelor's, which was a three year course. And then it, it was actually a gap of 10 years before I decided I should study further. So I finished up my bachelor's back in 2008 and I did my master's in 2019. So it was exactly 10 years later. So it was a big step for me, but I thought that was something necessary. Yeah, cool. And did you, how do you, in terms of your master's or your degree, uh, that was, you know, from a university, which is like we said, is quite unusual. How do you think that helped you in your career or even getting, you know, your your first BA job here in New Zealand? I think there are pros and cons to that. Um, the best thing which came out of the master's, I would say, is giving you that strong foundation in, in the, uh, uh, in the skill. It, it, and that is the beauty of Victoria university as well. And how they actually, uh, design the curriculum. It touches on every single aspect, what a business analyst analyst needs to know from a technical yeah. perspective and from a business perspective as well. Mm, Though, good. see, either way, it all depends upon you in terms of finding that space or that area which you would really like to uh, specialize in and then gaining that experience. That's something which a master's doesn't give you. It gives you all the tools. It gives you all the skill sets that you need to get your feet running. Yes. Just like any other course. And the beauty about Victoria as well, it gives you that opportunity to work hands-on with uh, some of the industry players as well. And I had got mm. that fabulous uh, chance to actually work with uh, certain organizations in New Zealand as part of the course itself. So I did... Uh, my uh, internship with uh, New Zealand Stock Exchange, which was a really good learning experience. And uh, there were other organizations also which we touched upon like TEC. Uh, there was one which I really liked, which was Paradog, uh, the, the oh, beer yeah. company. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, was, it was interesting, but that's, that's the beauty of the course as well. Uh, the management go out of the way in terms of finding you something which can actually give you that um hands-on training and that is something which is really good with victoria university yeah no yeah so i i would have to say that that's that's fantastic to hear and i think you as we've as we talk about often you know it's the devil is in the detail once you're working you start to apply these skills so it's really hard to apply some of the, the and, techniques to the house and that's the uh that's the other side of doing a master's as well, because once your your foundation is strong, see, uh, what I've realized is as a business analyst, once you have a master's, it gives you that foot in the door, it gives you a strong foundation, but it doesn't count for the experience as well. The experience is something that you need to gain on the job. Yeah. And at times, once you fill your basket with so many things that you can do, or how you can approach things, it's it's up to the individual to know which tool to actually take out of his box to apply for the situation. And that's where it goes back to that individual and how you can gauge a situation and how you know what is best for uh, the problem at hand. So that is something which I don't think any 
any degree can teach you. That's that's something which comes with experience. And as much as experience that I've come from different backgrounds, and yes, it helps me with my current job, but as a business analyst, I'm not new, but at the same time, I'm I'm there. I'm somewhere in intermediate, as I would say, intermediate to senior. The only reason which is stopping me from becoming a senior or anything is is having that, uh, what you would say, um, that presence of mind and uh, knowing exactly how to react to different situations. Well, and it goes back to what I was saying in terms of sometimes if you have too many options, then you might get stuck in terms of which option do you go with? And yes. that can become a contradiction. So, yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that that's, that's well said. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to clarify something with you from my perspective and I'm going to talk about, I guess a little bit about the bit of business analysis Institute and how we've tried to um, address what you've just talked about there. I think it's really good. I, I mean, I've, I've heard great things from yourself uh, you know, I've seen it advertised uh, in terms of the degree. It definitely sounds like there was value um, at the Vic degree and how they've approached the curriculum, which is modern day. So I think that's fantastic. One thing I want to clarify is you call yourself an intermediate BA. What I would say, knowing that, you know, we worked together in the past, is you are actually a senior business analyst if you were out in the market. So, so, so for listeners, if you're, you're looking for a BA at some point, Ash is definitely a senior business analyst. And we'll talk about this in a minute. However, Ash works in a consultancy company. And I would say that consultancy business analysis is more difficult than permanent business analysis. That's that well, I might get a whole lot of messages from this. Uh, you're working for a consultancy. You have to understand each client. You have to rapidly uh, understand what's going on. It's a little bit like contract business analysis. So so Ash, just, just so you know, I do consider yourself a senior business yeah. analyst in market terms. Yes, hundred um, percent. And the other, the other aspect, I think, just coming through here, and I'll ask you uh, how you think this relates. Um, so you've got your degree, you've done some work experience through internship, which is fantastic. And like we talked about, you talked about the New Zealand Stock Exchange uh, (NZX), Paradog, which happens to be a brewery, which I can understand. You love your craft beer, and then the other option was TC, which is actually our tertiary education commission here in New Zealand, which funds our universities and polytechnics. In terms of what we've tried to do in the Better Business Analysis Institute is one condense that knowledge in terms of its backbone in terms of a six weeks, you know, oh well, level one, level two, level three, but a level one course in terms of six weeks. But also, I think what's important is what tool do you take out of your toolbox? You've just mentioned that. Yeah. And, 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 and I think there's a lot of BAs who will probably be listening going, I've, maybe they're IIBA certified. Maybe they've got a degree. They, what do I use? What phase am I in in the project? And what tool do I use? Is that kind of, am I... Am I kind of picking up what you're putting down here? Is that what Absolutely. you're kind of talking about? Absolutely. Yeah. Because at different stages of a project life cycle, there are different tools that you're being taught as, mm. as an analyst in order to best address the situation at hand. And there are multiple ways. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. And you can also use a hybrid of different approaches as well. But mm. knowing when to use it, how to use it, and 
especially knowing when to do pull back if you know that something you've tried it and it's not working it's not working i think yeah. that 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 is what stands you apart from the rest and that comes with experience but that also comes with having a good presence of mind as well you need to you need to as they say you need to read your uh, audience yes it, it goes to the same way as well in terms of when you're trying to implement something try to see how it's going if it's not working don't feel say, scared to say that no it's not let's let's try something the sooner you do that the better it is in terms of uh, what you're trying to deliver yeah i think that's really good advice i mean one of the things that i think we've um talked about maybe through some coaching sessions is step back so it, it, you you talk about presence of mind so you're in the environment use presence of mind model, you know focus on what you're doing which i think is great advice and then i think i'm an extension of that for me and i'm not very good at peace of mind by the way but one of the things i am good at is stepping back and i think when people say step back not not necessarily step back for a breath which is also good mental health wise but step up from whatever you're doing as a BA. You never have, you never, you'll never fail if you step up in terms of the organizational structure closer to your actual ultimate end client, either being the customer, external customer, or your ultimate business, you know, business organization. So, okay, cool. So, so, so right now, in terms of your world, you're, you're, you're a consultant um moving into a senior consultant and the piece of work that you're working on now is for a large new zealand uh, client yep and you happen to be working in the data analysis space would that be fair to yep. say yep okay it's, it is, so what, it's, what, it's how a tricky do you define one. it how do you define what you're working on right now it's in, a tricky one sense? yeah and i mean The thing I would say is tricky about uh, the project that I'm working on is uh, I'm basically shuffling between uh, the business architect and the solution architect within the data space. So as a business analyst, from a business perspective, you're looking at requirements, you're looking at different aspects of data. Yes, you go into the nitty-gritty of the data, but from a technical perspective, when you're working with a solution architect, that's more of going into the technical side of how do you actually build your database or how do you actually... Uh, so you're in a hybrid situation yeah. of kind of BA hat as well as DA hat. Yeah. So data, data anal, anal, uh, analytics or data, anal, data analyst role can be split up right and we've talked about this i've talked about this with some team members so one you've got the consumption of data so how you would consume the data in order to be meet business requirements is that right and then the other one is actually processing the data and how are we going to actually engineer the data in a technical way to get out what we want is that fair yeah Yeah, absolutely how 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 are you actually gonna what is the data that you need how are you going to get it? How How is it going to be ingested into a, a, a database? What type of a database that you think is suitable for the, for the organization? So all those decisions also uh, you need to keep in mind. And that's where actually it goes back to what I was saying in terms of a business analyst and the education that you get. You get the foundations. You know you have a strong footing in terms of 
having that overall picture, having that overall understanding, it it just boils down to you as an individual and how far do you want to actually step forward and go, mm. right? Because you're not you're not bound to know everything. Nobody is bound to know everything. No. And but you it, never you never do, right? That's part of our art. As most absolutely. projects, no matter what, even I get nervous now. I've done the maybe the I know what the gig's going to involve. Um, and you just don't know. It's it, the people are different. Even if the processes are fundamentally the same, they're bigger. They called something different. You know, absolutely. You don't, and the, usually the context is slightly different, or at least the data is different. Um, yeah. So therefore, yeah. So so I think the unknown, the known unknowns, or the puzzle, because it, it is a puzzle piece, is is just what BA is about, and that's okay. Absolutely. And being a BA, I think you need to be open to that. You have to have that mindset wherein you're going into something which is going to be completely ambiguous. And how do you actually uh, manage through that? And you need to be confident as an individual and you need to believe in yourself as well. Because if not, yes. then that's this is the wrong, <laughs> wrong kind of a career path for you if you don't think of it in that way. Yeah. No, I think, I, I think a good analogy that I use often is you're driving down the street. So imagine a street, right? You, maybe it's a barren street at night and there's mist. Yeah. You you can you can take two approaches. You, you you don't know what's ahead, so you can slow right down to a crawling pace and the world will become clearer to you as you move forward. Or you can drive at a safe pace, so a little bit faster, but just expect that you're ready for the unknown. And I think a BA needs to operate in that. The speed needs to still be there or not necessarily at the full degree. And you just need to accept that you just don't know what's next. And then as you move closer, the mist clears as you move forward. And I think that is probably a good analogy for what we deal with. And, and yeah. it never goes away. Never Absolutely. Because yeah. as part of your your education or learning as well, you, there's something called the VUCA framework, which you go through which kind of helps you assess different situations and how to react to different types of environments. But that is something that you can apply to your personal self as well to yeah, see how exactly that? you are thinking. Yeah, explain that to me. So the book of it, it, it's something uh, which is your vulnerability, your uh, uh, the, the different accountable. Uh, it's, it's, you put me on the spot right now. I and... That's okay. I'm not going to give you a quiz, but it's something for people to work out. How do you say the framework? And I'll get Alice. So it's it's called the VUCA framework. It's VUCA basically, framework. yeah, V-U-C-A. Uh, so it's it's different ways of actually assessing a different type of an environment. So that's something that yes, okay. you're being... Volatility, uncertainty. Volatility, there you go. Not vulnerability. Yeah. and ambiguity. The, ambiguity, that's the one. That's, that's the one. Yeah, cool. yeah. So that's something that you can apply to your individual self mm -hmm. at any given time as well because you're put into situations wherein from a project perspective or from a, from a role perspective, you're trying to gauge things from different levels but you sometimes, as you were saying, you also need to step back and actually assess yourself also in terms of how are you planning to uh, address certain things which are part of your project? How are you evaluating yourself also? That is very critical, I think, as 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 a, 
uh, an individual and as a professional also. Mm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think I think you're right, and I think those factors there are very, very important to review. So let's flip back into the fact that you've got these two roles. What do you think is the difference between the data analysis space that you're having to do at the moment and the business analysis? What do you think the difference is? I think there's not much of a difference. It's when you get completely technical. So that's where it stands out from a business uh, uh, business focused data analyst. You're basically doing more of the background, the design work. You're looking at uh, doing a lot of, uh, you're not delivering a product. So the delivery happens by the technical BA, whereas all the kind of uh, discovery that happens from a business side of a data analyst. And that is where uh, most of my time is going under the discovery side of things. Whereas having working close or rather working closely with the solution architect is giving me that level of uh, kind of experience from the the solutionizing aspect of uh, a data analyst as well. Because that's where it kind of gets a real a bit technical because depending on the the way that the reports or the way that data is going to be delivered and consumed by the business, there's a little bit of experience or expertise that you need from a technical side of things. And that is where, though I have that knowledge, uh, though I come with the background around that, it it's always a new, it's always new. Something ambiguous is already always coming up. And you're always volatile, right? It goes back to that framework as well. So you need to assess yourself also. Step back and assess things. If you don't know what is happening in a situation, always ask. That's the first place to go. Or also just take a just step back and see how exactly things are happening. But the key difference is uh, as a business analyst in the data space, you can either be in the discovery part of things or you can be in the delivery part of things. And mm. both are completely different skill sets that you that would come into play. Cool. So when we talk about the delivery side, which I would consider not business analysis, so for me that's where the where you drop off the not the cliff, but you drop into a new role. You 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 that's for. So I think you're right. I think there is a whole lot of business you know, data analysis slash BA work, business data analysis, which is the how data is going to be consumed and used, and that's where I draw the line. And then the rest production for me that is that's that's a technical role. That's a different mindset actually you'd be stronger if you knew more about the tools the latest technology data science for example would be where you should start and do you yep. agree with that in terms of if you were starting again? absolutely yeah absolutely yeah, cool. and yeah good yeah yep. cool now just a question about that the delivery side even though that's you know another job role if you like this, you said you're working closely with the solution architect, and I've got a lot of architect friends. Uh, you know, some that um, some it's quite interesting working with an architect. Sometimes you can battle with them. There should always be tension with an architect because they want to design the perfect solution, and you as a BA are defining the requirements, and not necessarily looking for perfection. You're looking for the outcome, right? Not necessarily a shiny piece of tin. Now, I. I I've done a lot of work back in the day, systems analysis, which is where BA first came about. And systems analysis is now split between business analysis and also solution architecture. Do you think that the delivery side of 
data analysis is a sub-function of solution architecture. It's just the grunt work behind it. I think the solution architecture ends at very high level. Mm. Right? So you're but saying it's the low-level version? Of I would say the low level is where actually the BA would get involved in. But in so, order for a solution architect to have that high level view, he has to be completely informed from the discovery side of things. So that's where a business analyst branches between everything. Okay, right? cool. I'm going to hold you there. So we've got yeah. our discovery BA, which you're doing, yeah. BA work, feeding into a solution architect, completely agree. And our project manager is the three amigo model. But the grunt work under the solution, which is, do you, that role we're talking about, sometimes yeah. people call it a technical BA role. Yeah. Sometimes they call it a systems analyst. Sometimes they call it maybe a specialist data types. Do you consider that just the, the grunt work that the architect doesn't want to do? <laughs> or it's not their role because they are high paid professional at the high level? I mean, see, it depends upon what you've been contracted to do or what what you're you're being given to do. But I think the more that the solution architect gets into that level of detail, the better informed he is or he or she is in terms of solutionizing something. He needs he or she needs to have that level of detail to make an informed decision. And that's where I think the BA plays a really big role because that's the BA's responsibility to communicate that across correctly to those concerned. It's getting the right level of information from the business and communicating that to the solution architect so that he can make decisions based off what is required, needed, and not what is wanted or what he or yes. she thinks is ideal for, for the business. Yes. Yeah, I'm pushing you there because it's an interesting space. Is that I, I for me, I feel like it's a, it's the unknown factor about who who plays that role, who does the lower level. It's actually solutionizing for me. It's solution because, for example, let's take a really, really, really common example. You've got two systems, and you want to take, let's just say, someone's name. Maybe it's in a full name field. So let's yeah. right. So Ben Walsh. And you've got to, you're moving that to a new system. Let's not worry about how it's moved, maybe through APIs. And the other, the system you're moving it to has a first name and a last name field. Yeah. Okay. So you know there needs to be data transformation done. Yeah. And you have to map those fields. Yeah. The, the, and you can come, you can challenge me here. The business doesn't care how that's done. Yep. The, the business, business just care. wants, first name here and they actually want sorry full name here they may even want full name here but you know that the database only accepts first name last name so you have to give them that for me that's part of the solution solutionizing that's the solution that you're putting in place yep is it the ba's responsibility i'm going to put you on the spot to provide that mapping and the pseudocode for transformation or is it the solution architect and the delivery teams I would I would say it's definitely the business analyst's responsibility to actually provide that level of information. Wow. Okay. That's where we, we might disagree. So for me, that requires technical expertise and that's not value for the business. That is, well, it is valuable because it's working, 
But for me, that means you require a specialist skill in order to do that. And how you do that depends on the solution. And therefore, the BA is not is not uh, is too focused to the solution. It's quite interesting. That's yeah. So probably it's worth clarifying. When I said it's a responsibility of the BA, it's a responsibility of the BA to define how that happens. Because it's only the business who knows what level of transformation or what business logic is required. But they don't. The, the business doesn't know. So the business has no idea that the solution is going to split into the database, first name and last name. They don't care because they are at the user interface level. They just see a full name field. So why does the, the business doesn't understand how that performs? And this is this ambiguity phase, which for me is where BAs need to step back and say, actually, we don't do that. What we do is we are focused on what the business wants and on their wants and their needs to deliver a solution. And for me personally, and what, what I you know uh, push for in the Better Business Analysis Institute is we draw a line there. And we say, we don't yep. do that. Uh, so what are your feelings if I was drawing that line? Uh, firstly, how would you feel if I draw that line? Would that make you frustrated? I know you can do it. It's whether or not you should. I would say in an environment where you have adequate amount of resources mm. who can take that level of responsibility or have that clear delineation and most and most uh, projects come with that uh, resource capacity. So it is good to define that well in the beginning in terms of where you draw that line. It shouldn't be a case that you get get into it full-fledged and then at some point down the delivery stream, you realize that, oh, this is something that needs to be delivered by a different uh, resource and not by you. So having those, that is where project management comes into play. This has to be well, well clearly defined at the start of a project before you move into the delivery phase. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think you're getting to a good point there. The reality is, as with a, a gig on one, which is not dissimilar to what you will focus on at the moment, um, it usually falls to the BA because there isn't anyone else. And you may have those skills, but you may not, right? That's the thing. Yeah. It depends on the BA. Because if you're a business-focused BA, you may not understand database structures. Or, oh, sorry, you might understand it at a conceptual level, but you might not understand uh, Absolutely. data mapping. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, really that, good. It's, it's a really good debate. Mm. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, as an individual, you also need to know exactly what your strengths and weaknesses are, and you, you need to communicate that across very clearly as well so that it doesn't fall on you as an uh, way where you become accountable for something if you think that this is something that you do not have the level of expertise or if you think that this is way ahead of you in terms of what you can deliver you need to be uh, plain and simple about it right from the start so you you said that you ended up in this situation you're having to do this lower level data mapping which is what i which many BAs will find themselves because it will just be like, have you done it? Or actually it's expected, even if you don't have those skills because it's associated. What, what advice do you have for BAs in that situation? So they're BAs first, they're playing in the data analysis space, they're having to do some of this delivery work. What resources or skills, you know, websites or um, skills or tools do you think BAs should get familiar with just in case they're in this situation? 
see it th- that i would say it's completely depend having the general understanding in terms of how data mapping works itself that gives you a really good head start there are a lot of resources out of, out there that can help you do that but depending on the solution that you're going with uh if it's if it's a specific solution say if you're going with power bi there are a lot of learning resources there and everything can see that's the thing that's the beauty about a skill it can be taught yes right it it's it's different from a soft skill that is something managing people for example that's something it cannot be taught you need to learn it yes. you have to go through 100%. that whereas a skill is something that can be learned you just need to put in that time and effort and have that kind of uh the mindset that you want to learn because if you don't have that then it's not going to be possible in terms of resources what are the places that you can go there are d- different places if you're a visual person i'm i'm more of a visual person uh i i like watching videos in terms of how things are done that helps me better and inf- keep keep myself better informed if there are some really uh critical things which i i need some more knowledge around of i don't find any visual uh uh kind of a resource that can help me keep that informed then i would uh, look to read additional yes. about things yeah cool but i feel personally youtube is a really good place to start as well there are heaps of yes. resources out there which can help you keep uh, informed so it just depends on find that find that resource which helps you the way that you are able to grasp things yeah i think one of the skills that we teach at the better business analysis institute um which we say is actually part of our framework uh is a conceptual data model so understanding the concept so there's there's you have a conceptual data model and then under that you have the the physical model so you kind of have a logic the logic behind it logic I do think is the BA space. So I think understanding what is a database table, even if it, even if the solution isn't a database table, understanding that there is something called a table with fields yeah. which have values and that they're displayed to the user. That uh, we just talked about before, the fact that uh fields can be joined together, you know, concatenated. I I would suggest that understanding it having advanced skills in Excel is always helpful. Yep. And Absolutely. And, and exactly. So I think if you can use Excel with anger and you understand the concepts of a data model or a database, relational database, don't worry about anything else, then you should be in a good space to be able to tackle the basics of data analysis would be my my two cents there. Yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Uh, a fairly good knowledge about Excel is a really good starting point for for anything related to data and that's something which is easily accessible to every single person as well and then playing around there's a lot of places where you can a uh, lot of we- websites which allow you to model databases uh query databases relational databases and i would i would recommend doing doing that because so sql basically sql yeah. SQL or different languages depending if you have an inkling of knowing where this project is going what the solution is going to look like playing around with that there are so many places in on the internet that you can go where and you have mm-hmm. models or mockups of uh, those type of solutions where you can just go play around with because that gives you an understanding uh and you need to have that base understanding of how things work 
Yes, yeah. conceptually, a database, a relational database, what is a data, what is a table, what is a dimension, what is a fact table, all that is good to know, but you also need to have that understanding in terms of what makes a fact table. What are the elements or what are the attributes? Uh, what is a dimensional table? So all that, when you, from a theoretical perspective, that is one kind of a mindset uh, or giving you that base knowledge. But when you're actually applying it, it can be completely different because you're applying it to something which is very specific to an organization or to a project. So you need to have that that foundation very clear in terms of what what makes up those those building uh, building blocks. Building blocks, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a good way of describing it. If you understand the building blocks, and for me, if you got to a position where the complexity was beyond, I've got this this tab in Excel, this sheet, which is a table, and this is another tab sheet in Excel, and this is a table, and this is the data I want in it. For me, that would be a natural progression to go, hey, we may need to bring in an actual data analyst to help us from this point. Yep. And so Absolutely. they would understand how it's used, how it's structured, how it's going to be reported on. You get If you're getting down to DAX queries in Power BI, you are, that is not something that you can acquire in a couple of weeks. It's something that requires a few years. Absolutely. You need to, you need to, you need to have a specialization in that, that area. And it's, it's always best for a BA to make that delineation. As you said, mm. once it moves into that highly technical space, if you're not uh, skilled enough to be accountable for that, make sure you make it clear. And let someone else do that because if not, then yeah, it's Things it's not the wrong. right approach to go. Yeah, no, but also as you're doing that, like you said, it's about time. And meanwhile, your users don't know what's going on, and you should be spending time with them as a BA as opposed to down in yeah. the database. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Um, so Ash, is a I'm gonna just ask you a couple of rapid fire questions before we wrap up today. It's been a really good conversation what would you say is your least favorite thing about business analysis the least favorite aspect is he thinks i know it's a very difficult question right because the only reason i got into it because i like everything but the most gruesome thing is I think trying to cope with uh, ambiguity. Mm. If that is something which is always going to happen and you need to get accustomed to it. Yeah. And what, what do you say, what would you think your most favorite part of BA is? I think engaging with users. I do quite enjoy that. Yeah. 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 I think that's pretty common. Um, now, two other questions not related to BA. What is your favorite song of all time? Ooh, there are so many. The oh, give me the one, one give song, me one. the one song which will always be my top favorite is it's called "An American Dream" by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Brand. Nice, nice yeah. song. So I and... I grew up I grew up listening to that song, and that'll always be one of my favorites. Yeah. And f finally, your favorite movie. 
Ooh. My favorite movie. I would go with Patch Adams. Nice. Thank you very much, Ash. That's been a really great conversation. Hopefully, those listening, you know, there's different perspectives we've talked about. The idea of a degree, you know, what that gave to you. The idea of your journey to get to New Zealand from, you know, uh, immigrating here. And then also, finally, just talking about BA and out of space and our debate around how far do you go as a BA and when is it appropriate for you to, uh, you know, call in for some some specialized help? Thank you, Ash. Yep. Thank you so Catch much, you Ben, as well, for the opportunity. Yep. Thank you. Cool. It was, I'll see you it soon. was a pleasure. I'll speak to you Cheers. soon. Bye.